at the end of the day, customers are king. So, you know, I think you kind of hear these stories of Silicon Valley and like raising these rounds and like ra raising a round of funding is necessary to grow your business, but I don't think it's the definition of success. Ash, I'm excited to continue our conversation. Now hearing more about your journey. How did you get to where you are today and, and where did you begin? Yeah, I don't even know where to begin. But, um, I, I guess I'd say, you know, I always wanted to start my own company since I was a kid, you know, selling granola bars on the bike trail. Uh, always had something going on. Um, actually met my co-founder after college because uh, we both were importing glasses from China and reselling them. And our mutual friends were like, who does that for fun? You need to meet each other. And so obviously we both always had the entrepreneur bug. Um, and, uh, at the time I had just gotten exposed to ICT. So ICT is a partnership between the military and USC engineering school, um, that does research in 3d AR VR. Um, and that's when I was like, you know, this is the future. This is what I want to do. Um, also at that time, you know, Ben had hated his job and quit and bought a one-way ticket to China. And I was like, you know what, you should come back and help me start this company. <laughs> so, um, you know, timing was everything. And uh, yeah, we just kind of jumped in and said, you know, we, we can, we started with events, which investors hate, but events are great because people pay you 50% up front and 50% the day of the event. So we were able to really self-fund the company by creating these unique mixed reality event experiences and everyone we did, we learned so much and continued to evolve. And that's really how we ended up building this really valuable software. Did you um, self fund the entire time? Have you uh, completely bootstrapped or did you get funding at any point? Until yeah, we bootstrapped for a while um, and we got a little bit of seed funding and then we operated profitably for about three years uh, until we really thought, it, you know, last year, we're like, you know what, it really is the right time to fully launch this software platform. Um, so we did raise uh, another round at the end of last year and officially launched the platform in February. And then COVID happened in March, which was wild. So it was really good timing for us. <laughs> It's uh, it's interesting where where COVID either is an accelerant or it it can pull back, and it looks like you guys were definitely on the on the accelerant side. Would you recommend your kind of process of first more service based and getting kind of self funding your ability, and then building a, a some seed funding, and then building the MVP and getting bigger round? Would you recommend that, or would you do anything differently? Yeah, you know, I think everyone's journey is different. At the end of the day customers are king. So, you know, I think you kind of hear these stories of Silicon Valley and like raising these rounds and like ra raising a round of funding is necessary to grow your business, but I don't think it's the definition of success. The definition of success is growing your client base and revenue. So I would always look at it from that perspective. And, you know, the more clients you have and revenue you have, the easier it is going to be to raise money. So speaking of clients what did you do to really get the first few clients and then scale from there um, were there any tactics or, or even campaigns that that you, you found were most impactful to be able to grow LinkedIn is amazing I mean I started using LinkedIn when it first came out and you'd be shocked direct messaging people 
if they're interested in your product, like they'll respond. Um, so I'd say don't be afraid to reach out to people directly, but don't be annoying. <laughs> I love how you just <laughs> that in there very end. I think uh, people have now caught on to the LinkedIn craze and it can be overwhelming the content going through there, but it's your gr- interesting point of don't be afraid to reach out and that initial connections. That's, is that how you were able to get your first few clients and grow from there? A lot of it. And, you know, at the time I would go to one or two networking events a week, uh, you know, and that's, you know, Mercedes was a client that became because I went to a dinner and met someone at an agency and like, you never know where, where some of these relationships will come out, but networking is so important. Um, I think when people, a lot of people, when they have an idea for a company, they want to keep it secret and they don't want someone to steal it. And it's like, look, execution is everything. Talk about it with people. Um, like no one wants to be Juicero, right? Like that company, they raised like a hundred million dollars. And then once they finally gave it to a customer, they're like, oh, we don't need your machine. We can just like pour out the juice from these packets, right? Like you, you, you want to be getting constant like feedback from investors and clients and things to help shape your idea. Cause what you initially think might not be what people need. How do you get people's attention in this kind of overloaded, constant distractional world that we're in right now? Um, have you seen a different perspective or even recommend something um, based off of our current environment? Yeah, I mean, I recommend 3D and augmented reality to get people's attention. I mean, I, I always, uh, you know, I love... Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, all of his talks, he's like a really great marketer. And, you know, what he really did was leverage technology before it became popular. So he started with his, you know, family's wine business was a $5 million a year wine business. And when email marketing or when email first came out, he did email marketing. And it was when people got one or two emails a day. So everyone opened the email because they were excited to get an email right now. Like, everyone hates emails, but like at the time that was innovative and new. And, you know, I think don't, don't be afraid of like new marketing and technology tactics, like try it out because you're going to get so much more engagement because it's new. Um, As you interact and talk to people, obviously in the conversation is, all right, uh, we think we'd like to use your service. What's the price? How do you determine your initial price and that, that whole pricing structure? Yeah. I mean, pricing, it's an art, not a science. Um, you know, if, if you're start just starting a company, it's like, well, what does it cost to do when you need to mark it up to cover your overhead? That's kind of a, a basic way to start. Um, it really depends on your business model as, as a SaaS company. Um, you know, we price based on users and number of products on the platform, which is equivalent to kind of like storage space. So you can think about people know that storage costs money. Um, but, but yeah, it's all dependent really on the type of product you're selling. Now you're also, um, as you just mentioned, very excited about and already have multiple integrations with other applications. Um, that could be a big differentiator and really help streamline an experience. Anything you can share of that process of what is it like to build multiple integrations and lessons learned there that you could share with others? Yeah, I would always say, you know, walk before you run. Um, we're working with a lot of different clients, you know, the SAP integration for all that, that took a fair amount of engineering time to do, right? So you can't 
if we had tried to do all integrations at once, it wouldn't have been possible. You know, you, you, as a startup, you only have so much bandwidth. Um, so we chose to do that full on integration with SAP, which has been great. Um, same with Shopify, but then the advertising networks we're working with like Google and Facebook and unity, it's more of just a relationship right now saying, Hey, we know you have tons of brands who don't have the right 3d files. We can help send people our way. And then, you know, if we have clients on our platform, we're letting them know, by the way, you can advertise in 3d and Google. Do you want to meet so-and-so? So starting that way was an easier way to just kind of get a relationship going versus, you know, spending a lot of engineering time before something really had legs. Um, managing uh, a team and that team's timing, a time, as you just mentioned, like that development time. Um, what has it been like to build the right team and the right culture um, over these years and now also in this, uh, everyone's distant and in separate spaces? Anything you can share? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so important. I would say early on, um, I learned the hard way. It's, culture fit is everything, you know, it's not that perfect resume. Um, I, I would a hundred percent for us. It's like, we want someone who's positive, you know, hardworking and nice. And like the, the positive optimism is the number one thing. Cause we are building something that's never been built before. If you're a pessimist, like you're not going to enjoy it. Cause like we're constantly this. like, well, what if we did this? That's not possible, but let, we can make it possible, you know? Um, you, don't, you don't have to keep hitting, hitting heads on that. Speaking yeah. of that, that whole point, if beyond the resume, what methods do you do or use to assess uh, the potential then of, of the candidates that come through? Yeah, I mean, we have a pretty rigorous uh, interview process. So we do um, our first interview. We start and like ask about your high school and college and it like throws some people off. But so that, that's been helpful and it kind of surprises people. <laughs> I see. Uh, curveball there. Yeah. Going into this next year and into 2021, what kind of hurdles do you see that you're going to need to overcome to be able to keep growing both externally, reaching out to clients, building up the customer base and internally with your own team? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, recruiting is so important, which we kind of just touched on as we are scaling up pretty quickly. Um, it, it is pretty amazing. Like we've been growing an average of 18% month over month since May. So, you know, recruitment is, is really important. And then that onboarding process of, of getting people scaled up quickly. Um, I would say, you know, we're also continuing to expand markets that we're in. So we started with apparel and footwear. Now we're starting to do furniture and home goods, but we've even, you know, medical devices, have 3D models. Like it, it's amazing the different industries that all like this 3D transformation is happening like globally and not just in e-commerce. So we're really excited to continue to expand. You know, I, I say just like Amazon started with books, we're starting with apparel uh, and going to conquer the world from there. Are any books, podcasts, audiobooks, um, or, or journals or blog posts that you uh, really have enjoyed and would recommend or enjoying reading right now? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, I, the founder of Basecamp wrote a, a pretty great book about just kind of being able to structure your time better and you don't have to necessarily be working 100-hour weeks, you know, to get get where you want to go. It's not sustainable. Um, and then, yeah, an app I really recommend is like the five minute journal. 
I, I love it. It just like you start your day and end your day with it. And it starts, you know, what you're thankful for and how you're going to make today great. And at the end of the day, like what happened today, that was awesome. And kind of just like keeps you focused and on and celebrate the wins. Talk about the power of, of creating good routine. So uh, last question I have for you, what kind of technology innovations do you predict we'll see uh, in, the, in the near term, next year or so, and long term, five, 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I'm just so excited about where the entire XR space is going. I mean, I am part of a group that meets in VR every Wednesday night. Uh, it's really fun. And we test out all the latest. And, you know, there's lots of issues right now. Like, the other we last night one of the people sat in a chair and couldn't get up and it looked like he had flipped upside down and like he was in the underworld we, it was just hilarious we're all dying laughing like there's so many glitches right now still um but like it's it's getting better and better and there's haptic suits now so i can be wearing a haptic suit in vr feeling actually what i'm looking at in vr and when you look at like the medical advancements and combined with 5g you could have a surgeon in New York performing surgery on someone in Argentina through VR and haptic gloves controlling a robot. Like, it's insane what is going to be possible. Um, so, super excited. That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Mm-hmm.